had this woman next to me who had two of her children that were playing in the band that morning. And one of them, it was um, her first time of playing. And you could just feel uh, within her, and we did chat a bit about it as well, this slight nervousness in this mum. And she was nervous and she was just desperate that her kids did well in it. And she was just sort of, it was like sending out these oozy vibes of go well, go well, you can do it. And the pride, because they did well in her, was just so very, very lovely to see. Um, It was great. And I was thinking about that uh, this week. And it actually reminded me of something that happened, a conversation that I had about 20 years ago. I was dating my now husband. And I was over here in Australia. And I didn't really know anybody other than him. And um, we were trying to decide whether to get married. And I've said it before up here. We were absolutely hopeless at knowing whether to get married or not. And I would have the wobbles about it. Then he would have the wobbles about it. And we just didn't know. And anyway, on this occasion, it was his turn to have some fairly severe wobbles about it. And um, I think I was upset. And my mother-in-law, or as is now, um, came in and was... I'm sure she was saying nice words to me. I have no idea, but we had a bit of a conversation. She was probably really nice. And um, she is really nice. (laughs) She probably was really nice. But she said to me at the end, she said, but you need to know that I will always be on Phil's side. And at the time, it was a little bit hard to take because it wasn't a time where I could just contact anybody that was sort of on my side at all. But she was right. I actually always ask her permission every time I mention her um, in talks. And I said to her, oh, I'm going to mention you. What are you going to say about me? I said, well, we had this conversation about 20 years ago and you told me this. And she thought, oh. She was mortified that she, had, that she said it, but I said, but you were right. You were absolutely right. Of course he, you would be on his side. You are for him passionately, and I love that about you. Um, and now she is for all of us passionately, and my children too, and it's really wonderful. Sometimes the things that are right aren't always easy to hear at the time. I think that any good mother or any good father will be for their child on their side Um, I think that's right. As Troy was saying, this month we've been looking at the way of life. Works. It's my first go. Um, We've been looking at the way of life. Troy was just talking about it then. Um, This rather fabulous, simple, fabulous way of thinking about how to follow Jesus with act and share and rest. And um, that we're looking at immerse today. I love this picture. Lindy, thank you for this picture. I love this picture for a merce. I love this fish that is swimming deep, deep, because it gives me this sense of being saturated and soaked in God. I love that idea that as we spend time with him, we can be saturated and soaked in him as we explore his mind and his heart and his truths and his will, as we read the Bible, as we pray. Because then I get this sense that then when I go out into the world after that, I might drip a bit of God or splash a bit of God into the world around me, having immersed and having soaked in God. I love it. We're going to look at a truth this morning to start with. And um, the truth that we're going to explore is that God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. 
I was thinking that I'd actually quite like to jump off the stage and spend the morning drilling holes into all of our hearts and all of our minds and shoving the truth into them so that it stays in us and stays fresh in us all the time. Not only is it impossible, if I did it, I reckoned I'd get into a bit of trouble. So I won't do that this morning. Instead, I will talk and we have prayed and I pray that you get this truth. You've probably known it, many of you, already, but that we really, really get it this morning, all of us too, because God is for us. If we have chosen to follow him, God is for us. If we're thinking about him and going, I'm I'm interested, I want to explore a little bit more about God, he is for you in that he longs to show you how much he loves you. He longs for you to choose him. He wants to invite you so that you really get how much he is for you. I think before we make that choice, he's so respectful of our desires and our choices, and he will stand back and let us make our choice, inviting us. But I think then when we make that choice, he is there beside us and in us and through us, for us completely, in a really gentlemanly, majestic kind of way. How do we know that God is for us? How do I know that my friend is for me? I know that my friend is for me because she is generous with me. I know that she's for me because she speaks kindly to me and I hope about me. I'm not there, obviously, but I think she would. Because she forgives me when I mess up, and I do have to go and say that, because she's really patient with me, because she likes hanging out with me, and I love hanging out with her. When I have these deep, profound things, I go and share them with her, and she copes with that pretty well. When I just am going through mundane life, might be concerned about a child or whatever, she listens, and she shares her story with me. I completely know that my friend is on my side. How do I know that God is for me? We're going to look at a passage in the Bible that's a really meaty, chunky passage. And it comes from a book that is really meaty and chunky too. It's from the book of Romans. Um, A guy who is a passionate follower of Jesus called Paul wrote it. And he says this, What should we say about such wonderful things as these? And in this instance, he's talking about the things that I'm about to say to you, these wonderful things he's about to say. If God is for us, like the woman that sat over there, for her children, like my mother-in-law for her son, but in a bigger and better and deeper way. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, Won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, praying on our behalf. At the time that Paul wrote this, there was lots of persecution happening to those that were following Jesus the way. It was from the Jews and it was from the Romans too. They were facing persecution. Some were being killed. 
But it's thought that this is possibly written uh, when a guy called Nero had just become the emperor of, of Rome. And if you know your history of that time, the brutality that was to follow for the Christians was just vicious and um, vindictive. And it's actually thought that Paul himself died at that point probably too. And so this idea of who will condemn us, they were being condemned. They were being condemned to death, to torture, to terrible, terrible things. But it's the idea of ultimately, who can condemn us ultimately? No one. The only one that could is God himself, but he says he will not do that. Why will God not condemn us? Why is there no condemnation? Because God is for us. And Paul goes on. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God is for us. God is for us. Nothing can separate us from his love. How do I know that God is for me? I know that he's for me because God sent his son, Jesus, to be born a man, live and die a cruel death for us. I know that God is for me because God raised Jesus from the dead for us. I know that God is for me because as we choose to follow God, he breathes life into us and we are filled with God's powerful Holy Spirit. We can know he is in us and at work through us. I know that he is for me because he, um, we are made right with God. We experience forgiveness for every wrong and nothing can take God's love from me or from you. I know he is for me because he gives me victory over death. I know that he is for me because God talks about us, for us. Jesus himself prays for us, it said, at God's right hand. And a few verses um, earlier on before us, it says that when we're groaning and we don't know the words to say, the Holy Spirit himself takes the cries of our heart, prays for us to God. I know that God is for me because of this. But do you know what? I could spend the whole morning talking about different reasons. And my board would not look like that. My board would look more like that, with each of those representing a picture of God being for me. God is for me. 10,000 reasons for my heart to find. God is for us. He is for us when we are excited and joyful about possibilities and successes. He is for us in the mundane and the ordinary hours of life. He is for us in the challenges we face, whether at work or in home, school, relationships. He's for us when we weep, when we mourn, when we grieve. Kylie last week very kindly 
um, shared her story um, with us. Sathya, you'll, you'll remember if you heard it. Um, such a tragic story she shared with us. But we could see through it as she spoke that God was revealing to her and her children that he is for her. He is for her children again and again. And I just loved how despite grief, I'm sure still, despite probably hopefully some joys, despite a lot of mundane, I imagine, that she has embraced the fact that God is for her. It was really beautiful and kind of her to share that. God is for us, and he wraps his love around us. I don't know if you're a visual person. I'm quite a visual person, and I often imagine things. And when I imagine uh, being wrapped in the love of God, I imagine it. I don't know if you've ever been to hospital, and um, probably unexpectedly, I don't know. And they give you this blanket, and this blanket has been kept in this cupboard, and they keep it at the perfect temperature. You'll know it if you've had one, unless you've been really sick. Obviously, I've not been really sick. And, um, and they take it out, and they put it on you. And then when they put it on you, you just go, oh. And you have this sigh of utter relief. They're fantastic, those blankets. And that is how I often imagine the love of God around me, but in the person of Jesus, just wrapping love and warmth around me. I think it's got a hood, my blanket, when I imagine it too as well. I wonder if you imagine God's love. Maybe you imagine it as light. Maybe you imagine it as armor or the presence of angels or something. Maybe for you, you're more wordy. And so you imagine it as words of truth or verses for God so loved the world and you just know that um, he loves you. However you think of it, however much you know of it or don't know of it, whether you've chosen to follow him yet or not, God wants to wrap his love around us and through us. When we choose not to put our confidence in the world first, not to put our confidence in ourselves first, but when we choose to put our confidence firstly in God, we can walk through life breathing deeply, whether we're walking through green pastures or whether we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And the truth, if we hold on to this truth that God is for us and nothing can separate us from his love, it has great implications on our days. Great implications on the moments of our days. Erin is going to come up and talk. I love when Viv the other day got people talking in the middle, so I'm copying her. <laughs> in a moment, she's going to talk. But I was, after Real Women, I was talking to Erin about it and um, setting her this challenge that I will tell you about in a moment. And um, so I went, I knew I had to go home and get on with getting ready for this, but I just thought I'll pop into the supermarket and I'll just pick up a few things and then go. And, uh, but as I was going around the supermarket, all the, you know, God is for us um, stuff. God, you know, loves me. I'm going to remember this as I go, was going round and round my head. And then, um, so, you know, I'd pick up a few apples. God is for me. <laughs> but, um, so I was doing this. And, um, and then afterwards I... Um, or towards the end of my shop, I thought, well, I wonder if it's actually made a difference to who I've been in the shops. I mean, this is such a tiny little thing. Um, And I thought, I think it has. One ridiculous way is the fact that at one point I bent down to get something that was very low, some soup. And another point, I got, uh, went to get some juice that was really high. But both times, the things that I wanted were quite near the back, and it was a bit awkward for me to get them. And I think I just thought, actually, if it's awkward for me, it's going to be awkward for other people. So I'll just pull, you know, these other ones forward. I'll just pull this other tray forward so that people can get it. 
Um, and I think it was a sense of if God is for me, he wants me to be for people and help. Maybe I would do that other days. Maybe I wouldn't sometimes. This other thing I wouldn't necessarily always do. I saw this woman that I met at Mainly Music. Great program. They started it again. Yippee. Uh, I, I met her um, a couple of years ago. Didn't know her very well. Um, but I, I was just about to leave the fruit and veg area of Coles. And she was just beginning it. And I saw her and I thought, like, often if I'm, you know, I've got things to get on with, I'd go, oh, she hasn't seen me. I'll just keep going. Um, I would never do it to any of you, of course. And, uh, but, so, um, but I actually thought, no, I'm, I'm actually going to go up to her and I'm going to talk to her and I'm going to see if I can encourage her in some way. So I um, went back and sort of scooted around the Apple area again and uh, went up to her, oh, hello, um, and had a lovely conversation with her. I don't think it was particularly profound. It may have made very little difference, me pulling soup and juice forwards. It may have made very little difference talking to her, but you never know. You never, ever know. And I'm sure part of that was because I was going round and round my head about God is for me. Erin, you've been standing there awkwardly long enough. Come up here, girl. So at Real Women, I said, I I want to interview somebody. Um, Nobody that I've asked has been able to. So I want somebody. So dear Erin said, all right, I'll be your person if you want. So thank you very much in advance. Um, If you know Erin at all, um, she's been following Jesus for a few years now, three years now. Uh, It's so exciting walking beside her in life. Uh, She's had tragedy herself recently. Her father very sadly lost his battle with cancer a few weeks ago. Um, And uh, through that, um, it's been amazing to see what's actually been going on in her family's life. Before that time, the four, the four siblings of Aaron, Aaron and her sister and two brothers would hardly have contact. Some of them might, but never all together. They hadn't all been together for 11 years in the same room. But shortly before um, Aaron's father passed away, they came together for a meeting and then spent time over a weekend together. Um, but it was quite awkward and tricky coming together. But Erin's been able to say it's wonderful talking to her and hearing how she's seen God at work um, in, in this situation. And so uh, it was Sarah's 21st birthday. Happy birthday, Sarah! <laughs> it was Sarah's 21st birthday. Yay! <laughs> uh, uh, just this week. And so Erin um, had her family over her sister and her brothers and their family last night. And she was saying um, on Friday, I will let her talk in a minute. She was saying on Friday... (laughs) She was saying on Friday that actually it's still an anxious thing. It it causes some anxiety when they get together still because it's so odd, I think. Um, So I said, okay, your challenge is that um, before that, I want you to have this truth that God is for you and this truth that um, Jesus loves you. Um, I even texted her yesterday afternoon, don't forget, God loves you and he's for you uh, as you go. So, and and to hold on to that. So Erin, you can talk now. How did you hold on to that? Have you turned it on? Well done. How did you, yeah. um, How did you hold on to that truth yesterday? As we were getting ready to go out and on our drive down, I was just praying for God to help me feel his love and feel his peace throughout the night. Um, And, yeah, just kept praying. Fantastic. That's good. And did it it make a difference holding on to those truths? It did. Um, Throughout the night, there was a few points where it started to get anxious and sort of stressful, but... 
God would provide sort of a distraction, um, like a waiter might turn up at the table or something or the kids need something, and that would just give me the time to take that breath and remind myself that, yep, God's here, he's in it, he's helping reduce that anxiety. Fantastic. Um, and what about when you arrived? You were saying earlier about something about when you arrived. Yeah, when I arrived, normally, sort of like going to see the family, I'd get there and I'd be all worked up and just need time just to sit in the car and try and calm myself. Um, but when I arrived, I was just at peace and just like, yep, can do this, can face this, and yeah, it's much easier. Fantastic. Thank you. Let's thank Erin. Thank you, Sue. Well, thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think as we hold these truths before us, we hold the truths of God, these ones that I'm talking about and other truths, I think it makes a difference to our days. But how do we remind ourselves about them? We don't get texts from Ali in the afternoon saying, remember that God is for you and nothing can separate you. From his love. How do we remind ourselves? I think that it's that we're part of a church that says yes to immersing. I think it's that we become people, individuals, who say yes to immersing. Immersing, spending time with God, looking at his Bible, his word, praying in the way that that sort of suits who we are. It'll be very different for each of us. I want to acknowledge that I think for many of us in the culture that we're in, it is difficult. Not for all of us. For some of us, it might be easier. But I think that it can be a really difficult thing. But I know that God whispers to each one of us, whether we know him yet or not, come, come to me, come to me. And it's as we say yes that our heart is saying, yes, God, I am coming, I am coming. I believe uh, what Troy said last week. Isn't it good to actually believe what your pastor says? (laughs) I believe what Troy said last week in that he said that it's not just about having to do it. It's not about having to do the way of life. It's about wanting to do the way of life. That when God's Holy Spirit is breathed into us, we want to act, to share, to rest. We want to immerse I do believe that when we first choose to follow Jesus, this sense, this hunger, and this want for him is strong, and it is loud, and it sort of sits before our eyes, before our minds. But I do think that often what happens is that as time goes by, it sort of just gradually over time settles a little bit. And I think that the world, with its noise and its chaos and its rush here, be successful in this, is a bit like a sediment And it sort of settles over our hunger and our want. Our hunger and our want is still there. I completely believe that. But I think for some of us, the world sediment settles upon it. So it's quieter, uh, not as loud, not as strong. And it's a much easier thing to ignore then. Both, excuse me, Viv and Steve used this slide uh, when they were sharing earlier on this month, which I thought was a really helpful slide, uh, which was uh, looking at our responses um, to these things, these way of life. And it looked, oh, not like that. It was better than that. 
Oh, it looked like this. And it identified four issues, actually. There are four of them on there, but only one's there for now. Not sure why. Um, that there were four issues uh, that maybe things... Oh, there are four! <laughs> Magic! I didn't even push my buttons. Um, that there are four issues that we might have if we have an issue with immersing. I recognize that there are many of us here, it's wonderful, who don't. We love to immerse. We do it regularly. But if we find that um, immersing, spending time with God, is a challenge for us, I think that there may be four possible reasons. I'm sure there are more. This isn't perfect. It's great, though. It's really good. Okay. So... I wonder whether, if there is an issue with um, immersing, whether it is a security issue. It says there, can I really trust God? And to do with immerse. Oh, man. What has happened to my slides? Keep going. Oh, there we are. Thank you. Um, I wonder whether the question that we would ask is, will he abandon me when I most need him? Will he abandon me when I most need him? If I invest time in him... What will then happen? Will he then just go when I actually I need him most? And I think they, this may be an issue for us if we've had times when um, we've been abandoned by somebody. Or there may be a time in actually our past when we thought, I think God abandoned me then. But I think that if God is true to himself, if he's true in what he says, if he is before us, behind us, in all, through all, if he is the beginning and the end, if he is love, if we have chosen him and so we are chosen and he is for us and nothing can separate us from his love, then I actually think it is impossible for him to abandon us. We sometimes say that nothing is impossible for God. I don't know that I agree with that actually. Because I think, actually, it's probably impossible for him to act in a way that is not in line with his character and with his nature and who he is, maybe. And therefore, it is impossible for him to abandon us. It can't happen. Because he is love and nothing can separate us from his love and he is for us. But I do completely think that we can feel like he has abandoned us. Mother Teresa talked about a dark night of the soul that she had that went on for years. Many of us who have been following Jesus for a while can probably talk about times when God was silent, when we didn't hear much from him. If this is our fear, then I think we just need to hold on to the truth that God is for us and he will never abandon me. But if we find ourselves in a time when God is silent, I would encourage us to pray, to pray on, to say to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, pray for me, please. Take my words, take my words, uh, pray for me. Ask other people to pray for you too. I think we do need to check, is, is there something wrong that's sort of blocking why I'm not sensing God's presence? Has he asked me to do something and I'm not doing it, maybe? Um, am I actually giving him time to speak to me? We're not going to hear him if we're not actually giving him time um, to speak to us. And I think then it, when we've checked those things, we just need to hold on to the truths and to persevere and persevere. And I do believe that time will pass. In um, August, later on, we're going to run a stream that's called um, How Can I Follow Jesus When I'm Disappointed? Uh, we, we, it won't just be looking at this area, but how can I follow Jesus when I'm disappointed? And if you think, actually, that's something that I'd like to be part of, there'll be discussion, um, all sorts of good things happening, then um, maybe on your white cards, just write down, I'd be interested in the disappointment stream, give me the details when they come, and we'll make sure that you know about that. 
But I think that if this is you, that you need to hear Jesus whisper to you. I believe that he is whispering that we may not be hearing it. And I believe that he would whisper to you, I am for you and I love you. Persevere. Keep going. Cling on to me. Persevere. I am for you. But that may not be your issue. There may be another issue that you have. And it may be a vision issue. And your question might be something like this. I have no idea what's going on here. That's the answer to the first one. We'll get there. Okay, I'll keep pressing. Ah, no, 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 that's the answer to it. Oh, no, that's the question. I'm so sorry. It was in such an order, I thought, but okay. Here we go. Sorry, Tim, if I'm causing grief back there. A vision issue. The question may be, does immersing really make a difference to my life and the lives of those around me? It may be that for a while you've actually not been spending much time immersing. I've been there myself. It may be for a while you haven't, and you actually go, well, I'm all right. I'm surviving. I'm getting on, gone in, on in life. My life's pretty good. But I believe it can be so much better when we immerse. I believe it can be so very much better. I do think when we open our Bibles, it's not always fireworks. When we pray, we don't always feel like we've got the hospital blanket around us. But I think that cumulatively, over time, when we spend time reading the Word, um, thinking about those truths, when we spend time praying, when we do have those times when we think, I think God spoke to me through that, I think God spoke to me through somebody else then, that we are transformed over time. And as we're transformed over time, like in Erin's life, she'd talk of that, the differences she's seen. That as we're changed over time, that it does then make a difference to situations that we enter. And it does make a difference to relationships that we have because we are changed. So that's going to make an impact on people around us. I've been reading a little bit about the brain recently. It's really fascinating. I don't understand half of it, but it's really interesting. But one thing I did understand and got really excited about was the fact that when we rest, um, like we heard about worship this morning, the the observing um, life as a way of worship, and when we rest, as Viv was talking about, and when we immerse and we actually um, are quiet and we ponder on things. So maybe we've read a, a verse in the Bible and we ponder on this, or we're pondering on something else, then um, actually our brains flourish. It changes the shape of our brains. The scientists say it's amazing. And when we flourish, when we flourish, um, our brains flourish, our lives are much more likely to flourish. It's quite incredible. Okay, I think that if this is us, I think that God would whisper to us, come, set your minds on things of the Spirit, because there you will find peace, and there you will find life. Okay, if our issue is an issue of faith, I'm going to keep clicking until what I want comes up. There we are. We might ask the question, is God really real? Does he really want to be with me? I, I... had a time in my life when I believed in God. I believed all those truths. I, I, I knew them. I had no doubt about them. And yet when I prayed, it was like I was praying to the ceiling. I would never have admitted that to you. Never. When I opened my Bible, it was like I was reading a book that I'd read before. It wasn't particularly exciting. 
And, um, and I think that sometimes that is where we're at. And I would say if you are there to pray for your faith to be increased and to pursue God to some extent, I pray again and again, God, please incre- increase my faith. I like to talk to people um, who are excited by God. I listen to their stories of their encounter. I like to wrestle with truths and read. There are many things that we can do if our light, if it really is a faith issue. And I really believe that God will reveal himself to us if we pursue him. There is a life of adventure out there waiting for us. And I think if this is you, I believe that God would whisper to you, come, listen. I am knocking on the door of your life. I know you believe, but I am knocking on the door of your life because I want to come in and I want to bring life that is abundant to you. And the last one is this motivational one that's at the bottom. (laughs) And the motivational one, it may be, am I prepared to put time aside to spend with God despite life's pressures? Life is full of pressures for many of us with work and home, maybe kids, um, keeping up relationships, all sorts of things that put pressure on our time. And I think it's really hard then because we feel tired to actually stop. And I think that it's just simply about making a choice. It may be a really big choice that we actually need to make and we may need to shuffle our lives somewhat But it may not be a big choice. It may just be the simple choice of, I've just got to find time to give to God. Maybe I'll just say I'll do it four times a week, but I've got to find time to spend with God. I would say to you, though, if you're anything like what me, sometimes we get guilt that comes and sits upon our shoulders if we've had a time of not immersing and we feel we should. And guilt is upon us, and this stops us even thinking about it. So I would like to give you permission this morning to say, I am getting rid of that guilt which I have imposed upon myself. God, I am sorry that I haven't done that, but I am going to forget the past. I am going to get rid of that guilt, and I am choosing to say yes to immersing, and I am concentrating on today and tomorrow and the future. And then when we fall and we mess up and we don't immerse for a while, I will not allow that guilt to fall back on my shoulders. I will take it off again. If God convicts, it's a different thing. But it mainly it's self-imposed guilt. But I will take it off again, and I will get rid of that guilt, and I will start again and start again, and I will say yes to immersing. I will say yes to immersing. Another stream that we're going to run is how can I follow Jesus when life, with life's pressures around me, something like that soon. If you want to be involved in that, please write it on a card and we'll make sure that you know about it. There are ways to make immersing easier, the way we do it, the time we do it. I'd love to talk to you if you want to talk to me about that and help find good ways to do that. But if this is you... I would hear God's challenge to you. And I believe wholeheartedly that every challenge we get from God comes wrapped in his love. I believe that his challenge is, I have not come that you may scurry or rush or survive. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Following Jesus must make our lives different. Not because we do the way of life, 
but because God loves us and is for us and Jesus died for us and we are filled with his Holy Spirit. And so we will do these things. We will want to see the difference in the world as we drip and splash God in the world to make it a better place. We're going to share communion together now. And Jesus is the reason that we know God is for us. And when we have communion, we are remembering his death for us. We take the bread, which represents Jesus' body broken for us. We take the wine or the juice in this instance. And that reminds us of his blood shed for us. In the act of Jesus' death, amidst the agony and amidst the sorrow, I believe that God didn't just whisper. I believe that God shouted, I am for you, I am for you, I am for you. Look at this act and see that I am for you. How can you doubt that? I am for you. If you want to know this God, whether you've been choosing, yes, I want to know him for years or for the first time, you are really welcome to come and share communion with us. There are three tables here. Yeah, there are three tables Come and share that with us. If you are new and you don't know much about communion, there are silver cards um, on the table that explain a bit about that, so you can take one. Um, Also, on your table, there will be a bookmark which says, God is for me, and it has a nice picture, and nothing can separate me from his love. And on the back, it's got the verses from Romans that we were looking at earlier on. You are so welcome to take one of these. Um, they're on each table. If you choose to say yes to immerse, if you've been choosing to say yes to immerse for years and years, please take one of these just to remind you of these truths. If you want to hold on to these truths over this coming week, please take one. Please take one if you say yes to immerse for the first time or again. You're most welcome. There won't be enough for everyone, so don't take one if you don't say yes to immerse. So, in your own time, thanks Craig, go for it. In your own time, um, I'd invite you to come up, take the bread, um, take the juice, take them back to your seat, and then again, in your own time, eat the bread and drink the juice. And be thankful to our great, great God who is for us.